Last Wednesday in the Survivor Series, the Modi, he thinks it's real cute to electrocute people, but when he steps in the ring with me in the Survivor Series, he's gonna pay. Well done. Let me tell you something, Wallard. You want a piece of this British Bulldog? You come on down this Wednesday night and you try to send me back to the dog bone when I've got these guys all behind me. Well done. Keep your ass This Wednesday night, I'm going to make a nice deposit, man. I'm going to hit you with so many rights, you're going to bank me for a lift, and you can take that to the bank. Well done. You see the team? A little edgy. Getting ready to fight this Wednesday. You know, Detroit, we're going to make Devil's Night look like a... Heroes. We're going to bring them all in. We're going to fry them. We're going to get them over the fire. The spigot. We're going to start burning the spigot. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Mezzanine sleepover. What up? Oh, some big time Mariah. What's going on, folks? It's uh, Mezzanine sleepover. What is this episode? I don't even know. 172? Oh, yeah. All right. 172. (laughs) Or 73. One of the two. Well, it's one of those. I don't know. It's in the show notes. If you don't know, who cares? Uh, We're extensive show notes. Yeah, of course. We're going to talk some uh, wrestling, as usual, tonight. Uh, We're going to go over Survivor Series 91, but going to do some catching up beforehand, because it's been a few weeks. I am Alan, and on Twitter and Instagram, I'm Slip at Five Eyes, or Slip. I am at Megamix.com, and... I am at DiscoStew81. Hello, boys and girls. Yes. What up? This is a stew special tonight. It is. It's my dealer's choice. Yes. Oh, yeah, he picked this one. I did. Uh, this is, uh, yeah, so we'll get into Survivor Series 91 shortly. I believe this is the first pay-per-view that you saw, Stu? It was, yeah. I double-checked that with my dad as well to make sure I had the uh, the family timing right of when we moved up in the world and got satellite. Th- and was... Yes, absolutely, it was. We went to the States on vacation in May of 91, which would have been when I first saw wrestling in the american style at all and then we had satellite by the time survivor series rolled around in november and this was the first show that we like recorded on vhs and watched probably a few days later nice so explain this one to me then so you can you went to the states on vacation and what you were like watched in the hotel like superstars or something i think so i really think that was like what it was we like i remember buying like wwf magazine and um, my parents had like save like fucking crazy to take us to orlando um so we we didn't have a lot of money to spend on shit other than what they'd already paid for i mean mega mix you can attest uh, that disney is not cheap nope so yeah so we spent all this money on going to disney so they let it bought us like one wrestling figure each which we found in like fucking walgreens or something and then my brother got jake the snake and i got andre the giant yes and that's that was awesome. Both of our loves for wrestling came from. And right on. was your dad disappointed that there was no Big Daddy figure? 
he was, you know, like jokes is my dad's fat man love aside. He'd like been to wrestling shows in the UK for years, uh, but he was used so he was used to like the British um, pantomime theatre style wrestling. Yes, um, which was all the rage in the eighties. And like we before we went to the states, me and Matt had been to these sort of shows, but we'd never seen the American razzmatazz. Yankee Doodle Dandy glory of it. Oh, and it is glorious. <laughs> Full show in this one. Oh my yeah. goodness! Yeah, what a what a what a great intro to pay per view uh, with this show. My God. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was about uh, around uh, you know probably within early '91 that I was getting into wrestling via my cousin. So this uh, I would have seen this months later on tape, but. Uh, you know, it was around that same time that I started watching wrestling. So I, I, I get the feeling. Uh, my parents, of course, didn't give a shit about wrestling, uh, which is weird because my, my dad's grandpa used to be a timekeeper for AWA at the Winnipeg Arena. Wow. You know, so he, he knew all the all the dudes and Bobby the Brain and all these guys, right? And, and uh, you know, I, I surprised that it wasn't, uh, that it wasn't something he, and he's never been interested in it, ever. Like when we watched, we watched all out this year at the lake, and my parents were there. <laughs> they just, they were just like, "What? What are you watching?" I'm all, "Well, it's wrestling. Come on." <laughs> uh, dads, my dad, you know, he'd call it wrestling. Of course, you watching wrestling. Wrestling. <laughs> yeah. yep. You'd only know Hulk Hogan. That was about it. Yeah. Uh, didn't know anything else. I was a, I was a wrestling fan since. Uh, 86 so i was five years into my wrestling fandom by this point but i actually uh this was kind of a downturn for me not not massively but um i just wasn't watching as much probably for about a year in this time uh so i don't i don't know if it was because less hogan like you know that could have been a factor i was a hogan fan for years You know, had to well, kind of get Hogan. had to get warmed up to the to to the new guys. Uh, you know, Taker winning yeah. the title. Come on, <laughs> you know yeah, stuff like I that. Know, right? It just it just didn't work for me as much for a short period of time. But of course, it yeah. would pick back up uh, very quickly from there. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So before we get into this uh, Survivor Series show, uh, we are what December twenty seventh recording this two thousand and twenty. And uh, yesterday, kind of out of nowhere, the uh, the Brody Lee news. Oh yeah, it was kind of crazy. It yeah, was. Like, dude's been off TV for a few weeks, and uh, I, I honestly, like, I didn't look into like headlines about it as to what the reasons were. I just assumed they were selling that dog match, dog collar match, a bit well, and I was a little like, oh, that's cool, keep him off being the elite and keep him off TV for. You know, a little while, and then when he comes back, it'll be fresh as fuck. And I, I don't know, like, was was he off because he was genuinely like really ill? I I still don't know if that's the case. Well, he went off TV uh, pretty abrupt. He he dropped that title pretty abruptly. Yeah. Though having it to be a dog collar match is a little puzzling a bit... if you're going to send someone mm-hmm. off. I I have no idea. Um, it's been it's yeah. I I remember wondering a few weeks ago, being like, where's Brody Lee? Like. You know, Dark Order is still kicking around. They're still, uh, you know, fairly heavily focused on certain shows. Yeah. And I was I was absolutely shocked to see it on Twitter yesterday. Yeah, I spotted it on Twitter as well. And, and I, 
I, thought, I don't follow like everybody in AEW, but certainly enough of them for it to pop up very quickly yeah. over and over again over the space of sort of 30 minutes. It was suddenly mm-hmm. like John Silver and then Tay Conte and then Anna Jay. And it's like, oh shit, fuck, this is like really real. This is, yeah. uh, as, as both of you probably the same with anything in wrestling, you immediately think, oh, this is a work. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right away. That's your first thought. Yeah. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, it's not a work. No, sadly not. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been a long time since I've seen a consistent flow of love and positivity when talking about someone in the wrestling world who's died. There's a lot of the times there's still someone who'll be like, yeah, he was a piece of shit. Yeah, it's probably back to Eddie, right? Yeah, Eddie was the best, the, the, the one that I looked for back and was like, yeah, that's the last one I can definitely remember being nothing yeah. but sadness. Yeah. Well, I mean, he yeah. worked with, you know, he was he was kicking around the indies for a long time, and then he did uh, the WWE run, of course, and then he did the AEW run. So, I mean, the dude pretty much knew everybody who was somebody in professional wrestling, right? Yep. Yeah, and it worked like, with them, and they all, yeah, they all, they all liked the guy. I think that he sounded like a pretty good dude, and you know, was was a, a dad and married and all that shit. Like, it's pretty pretty sad. Uh, Yep. stuff in terms of his wrestling like we were chatting a little bit about it uh yesterday of course i didn't know anything about him until he was uh luke harper in nxt mm-hmm. and wwe and always liked him as part of that act um like the wyatt yeah. family act when he did his solo stuff i like you know he he was fine uh it's hard to be a big man in wrestling unless you're uh like there, I they they say that in WWE, of course, if you're a big man, you're going to get over. But it's more like if you're a big man, you're going to get a shot. But very yes. few people actually make it. Mm-hmm. And when they don't, I find that they have a hard time figuring out what to do with you. The dude wanted to be happy wrestling, so he made the jump to AEW. He was having a pretty good run. Yeah. Um. You know, he was good in the ring. He was good with the the Dark Order, which sucked before he came along. Ah, the Dark Order was was improved drastically with him. Yeah, and, and he was good on being the elite. He was funny, dude. Yeah. Uh, so people liked him. So I mean, he was he was not. I don't think he was going to be kicking around for too much longer wrestling wise. He was forty one, but mm-hmm. um, still, like at least they were making something of him in AEW, and I was looking forward to seeing what they could do. And then this crazy shit so what i'll bring up something that is interesting is that i mean this could be one of the one of the first uh you know deaths in wrestling that really seems to not have anything to do with wrestling in a long time yeah though they said it was you know some lung condition that was not covid related is what his wife said so yeah who knows like who knows what the condition came from yeah, you but could have had lung cancer. You never know. And it like, could have been fast, right? Yeah. yeah. So who knows? I'm just saying it's interesting because even if you go back to Eddie Guerrero, who had a heart attack and died, I mean, you know, the rigors of wrestling, you know, you can pinpoint that as, as a, as a, as a um, you know, probably the number one factor in, in a premature death. And, you know, you go from there. So, yeah, I find that one, that angle uh, interesting. And I think that um, it's unique. And so... You, you kind of I don't know if it it feels a little different I, I can't even explain it 
also like another sign that wrestling fans are the worst. You know, WWE and Vince McMahon and Triple H and Stephanie McMahon all put out their own tweets, like condolences yeah. to the dude, and people were like, "Should have used them more." It's like, I know they're fucking idiots. serious. Like, and then it's like, yeah, I know, I I totally agree. It's fucking stupid. These, you know, wrestling fans who who love a certain uh, federation over another, and, and they, you know, constantly, you know, uh, you know, making it an issue. That's come to light. One thing that I don't like. And I remember this when 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 Winnipeg got a hockey team back, a hockey team again, and people immediately started being like, "Well, they got to do this, and they got to do this, and they got to do this, and they got to do this," and it's like, "Shut up!" And it's the same thing here. It's like you gotta you gotta open the show saying, "It's Wednesday." You know what that means? Because that's what Brody Lee always oh, tweeted. Yeah. And it's like, no, why? <laughs> you know, ridiculous. So, uh, any other thoughts? Be interesting to see how they uh, like. You know, this is their first time to have to deal with this in AEW, I guess. So it'll be uh, interesting to see what they do with Dynamite on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Do, yeah. Do, you, do you know if they've already pre-taped this one this coming Wednesday? Because basketball is interfering with their stuff. Uh, yeah. When is when is the the big show? Is that supposed to be this Wednesday or is it the next one? Yeah, the big New this Year's? Wednesday is Kenny against Phoenix. All right. Now, I have no idea if they've already recorded it, but I'm sure there's going to be plenty of stuff that they'll do around it if they have. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, you'll if... see, right? Like we'll see what happens with the angles and so on and so forth, and, and uh, see what happens. Uh, you know, it's heartbreaking, and uh, I, you know, it's it's you feel for his family and for his friends. It's too bad. Uh, you also wanted to talk about something else. Oh my God! So I just discovered this. Uh, it's how long we've been doing this podcast for a long time, and we do it. I call in. We, we talked via Skype, and I just noticed that Skype has a uh, a subtitler. Like, and it and it runs, like, it's running right now. So when you guys say something, I can see the subtitles. And then I can look back and scan through everything that you've said. And it's hilarious. First of all, I like that it asterisks out the uh, the swears, guys. I noticed that. I noticed that it uh, does not like the, the F word. Really? Or like, shit, fuck. That Come doesn't on. like those. Oh, yeah, nice. Sounds like a pretty good dude, and you know it was like it was a dad married and all that bleep. Like, it's pretty, pretty sad. That's that's what you said about Brody Lee. I got that. I got that now. In, in, it's it's down in, in print, so there you go. <laughs> oh, well, we should... I just noticed it was interesting. That's all. I, I, I you know, um, I never noticed it, and now I'm excited to, uh, to go back and, and check the transcripts. <laughs> we should post a transcript of the show with the podcast. <laughs> Like, well, we'd have to do like it'd have to be like because I can't have mine on there. Yeah, you guys, so you'd have to splice it together. <laughs> Terrible. Mezzanine sleep over the book. Well, <laughs> we'd have to set up like a, a fourth uh, fourth phone to just sit there and transcribe. Fucking terrible. Um, oh, magazine sleep over the book. That's what it magazine, sleep magazine sleepover. No. <laughs> the best show ever. Uh, <laughs> I think we're gonna swear a lot when we talk about Survivor Series. Oh my god. Uh this show. Uh so Stu, you uh wanted us or you suggested this one as our review again because as you had mentioned, the first wrestling show that you uh watched on pay-per-view. Uh this of course aired on November twenty-seventh, nineteen ninety-one. It was a Wednesday night before Thanksgiving back in yeah. nineteen ninety-one, as was per tradition at the time. 
this took place at the Joe Louis Arena in Detroit, Michigan, in front of 17,500 people, which Gorilla Monsoon repeatedly references 20,000 people. <laughs> yep. Well, it's uh, a big arena, but... That's a very big arena. Uh, so they had a good crowd. 17-5 is, uh, is pretty good. And uh, featured the gravest challenge. Uh, yes. Th- the main event... Hulk Hogan putting up his world championship against The Undertaker in the first ever uh, championship title match at a Survivor Series. And Mm -hmm. uh, it was the main event placed right in the middle of the show. (laughs) Now, you know, and you know, you watch it. And even if you were watching it for the first time now, it'd be like, I know exactly why this is in the middle of the show. (laughs) Like right from the start, you know. Uh Uh-huh. This show is basically... I mean, it was it runs two and a half hours on the network, probably three hours when people watched it live. It's basically a three hour advertisement for Tuesday in Texas. <laughs> yes, and, yeah. So I guess WWE at the time was like trying to uh, put feelers in the water of doing kind of one off, special shorter pay per views for like a, at a lower price point, and so they were they were going to run this, you know, kind of out of nowhere. Uh, a Tuesday night pay-per-view in, in uh, where was it, San Antonio? San Antonio. And, uh, and so, you know, nothing came of it for another few years when they started doing In Your House. Yeah. So it feels to me like there's a lot of hot angles going on and a lot of things happening. And, like, it's all not on this show. It's, like, before the show, after the show, you know, yeah. months down the road. And this show just kind of <laughs> happened, and and so they were yeah. just like, ah, we got to put a show on, so fuck it, here we go. I mean, obviously, a giant angle actually happens on the show uh, yes. to set it up, and I, I guess they figured, well, we're gonna do this title change. So, do we really need to do anything more on this show? Yeah, probably not, because uh, it doesn't uh, it doesn't amount to much after that. But uh, still, of course, interesting notes. I'm sure that we've all taken and. Uh, Yes. And we'll discuss. Uh, any thoughts on this before we uh, we get rolling with the review? Stu, uh, what did you think when you first watched it? Was it was it disappointing or was it very exciting? As a, as a 10-year-old boy, this was like nothing I'd ever seen before. Like I've, I've, you know, in my notes, I've cross-referenced like things that I remember versus what the show, like what actually happened on the show. Yeah. Um, and they're, you know, watching the first match. We'll get into it shortly. Watching that again, I messaged my brother who was still awake and been like, oh, "I'm watching that show again, the first one we ever watched." And we can call the like spots in that first match, you know, like some people can quote Seinfeld. Yes. We so many times that we, <laughs> and I don't know why the first match stuck with us so much, but we both sort of like adore this match despite the fact that there's about five minutes of something happening and then a stupid ending well your boys in the match Stu. well that's right we had our first introduction to nationalist pre-brexit UK. <laughs> yes the british bulldog who's going to match power for power with the warlord as he talks about repeatedly <laughs> british bulldog and warlord who've been feuding been for a year at this point almost <laughs> jesus yeah, over who had, who who takes the most steroids, basically. Oh my god! Um, yeah, who's best to uh, crisscross and then bump into each other because that's pretty much all they do. <laughs> <laughs> the immovable, the, the irresistible yeah. force meets the movable object. It's the first time I ever heard that saying. Yes, 
Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm very interested, Stu, to see uh, see what you what you what you can that uh, what you can tell us about about uh, your your first impressions back then. That's going to be a, a nice mm. uh, addition to the to the to the review here. So uh, we've got as usual our notes. I've got the Wrestling Observer article with all the uh, star ratings from Dave Meltzer. So uh, yes, here we go. Survivor Series '91. Uh, the show opens. We've got Gorilla Monsoon telling us right away that we're going to go yep. back and see what happened last week on Superstars. Yes. Uh, and we go to Superstars, and we have the big angle where Jake Roberts, who is feuding with Randy Savage. So Randy Savage is, at this point, retired. Uh, yep. He was retired. His career ended in WrestleMania seven about a half year before this. Uh, he got married to Elizabeth at SummerSlam. Uh, Jake Roberts and The Undertaker crashed the wedding, and now yes. uh, Savage is still working as a commentator, but fans are clamoring for him to return to action. And, uh, yeah, because uh, Jake had put a snake in a present at the wedding. Yes. He wanted to give him a cobra. What's the problem with that? It's, a, <laughs> it's like an expensive present. So, yes. so uh, in this angle, Jake is beating up on Savage. He ties him into the ropes. He pulls out a cobra, and then the cobra bites Randy's arm, and they don't censor it, and it's on uh, Saturday morning television. Yep. Uh, scared the shit out of me as a kid. Uh, I remember that. Yeah. Um, I love how, I believe if you talk to Jake about this, <laughs> Randy beforehand, like, checking repeatedly that that snake was devenomized. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, but yeah, so the snake bites him. All these officials run out. Piper runs out. Elizabeth runs out. Uh, Macho gets untied from the ropes. And then he has to sell like he's all poison. Yeah, that was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just wildly swinging uh, punches in the air, falling down. Uh, it's a scene, man. Like, people are screaming. Fans are so sad. Children are crying. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty good. Imagine bringing your fucking kids to wrestling, and it's all a snake yeah, bites another dude. <laughs> fucking TV show or whatever it is that you're taking your kids to. You're like, oh, there's a live snake biting this dude. Well, yeah, I... they sell it. They sell it, to, you know. You'd think that that really happened. Well, I mean, the snake did bite him. So that's, yeah. you know, Jesus, that was, that was pretty, uh, that was something back then. I remember uh, back when I was living in Winnipeg, and I was going to the occasional wrestling show uh, with Glenny. Yes. <laughs> He'd bring his kids. His kids at the time were yes. quite young. You know, this is 10 yes. years ago, maybe even longer. Yeah. And uh, I remember we went to one show, and like, you know, a couple of matches in, something, you know, bad happened, and the kids were all crying. And scared, yep. and I was just like, "Ooh, yeah, must be thinking this is a bad idea." And of course, you know, they kids forget shit like five minutes later, and they're like, "Yeah, get him!" Like yelling <laughs> at the ring. So it's, yeah. so it's all fine, but still, as a parent, like <laughs> you just know. you watch well, this wrestling it's a fine line you walk with it with a kid in wrestling. Yeah, and uh, and so I remember like when we when when we had been ordered. Um, uh, full gear last year in, in 2019. I was like, all right, we're done at the, before the Kenny Mox match. Cause I'm not, you know, I know my kid won't like that. Like, I know he won't. Yep. And then I watched it afterwards and I was like, yeah, he's not, he would. I'm glad he didn't. Cause it wasn't, that wasn't wrestling to him. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta watch, you know, and like 
back then, I mean, I was, you know, 13 or whatever, or 14 or whatever. I was 14. And like, so it was no, you know, it wasn't a huge deal. I mean, it was certainly, you know, crazy to see that, but you don't think of it in, in the lens of even younger kids, those kids at ringside crying. So uh, we go to Jack Tunney. Yes. Uh, he is making an announcement that Randy Savage cannot participate in Survivor Series. So on the Babyface team, yes, uh, I believe it was supposed to be Sid Justice, yep. the big boss man in the Legion of Doom. Sid Justice um, is taken out of the uh, match. Macho Man, I guess they say, was going to come back in because there was a big campaign and Macho Man was reinstated. But yes. now, obviously, Savage can't participate because of the snake incident. And he yes. takes responsibility, Jack Tunney does, for having a reptile yes. at ringside. And he accepts uh -huh. Jake's explanation that it was an accident. And I thought, do you watch your own show? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so let's let's go through this. So so the original plan was supposed to be Sid and the boss man and, and, and the uh, LOD against the natural disaster. Oh, the, was it? Yeah, with natural disasters, IRS and, and Jake and Jake. Yeah, yeah, and then so then Sid got injured because I remember he injured something, and then he they put they were going to put Savage in, and then they then he got the the snake bit bit him, and so they took him and Jake out. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> Then he makes a big decision. He's like, from now on, no more reptiles at ringside. <laughs> Stupid fucking sport. Like, yep. it's all you have no to make reptiles. a decree. It's like, ah, okay, no more reptiles. Too much. Uh, he says <laughs> that Savage is reinstated and that Jake and Savage are going to take uh, to wrestle each other at the next possible show, which would be Tuesday in Texas. So... They take Jake off the show as well. So basically two of the biggest stars are just taken off Survivor Series. Yeah. Just like that, right out of the start. And we're gonna, but but you know, Savage got bit by a snake, but he will be ready to go by uh by Tuesday. <laughs> like Texas. Well, we're yeah. gonna see. They're both fucking out there that night. Like they're both at Survivor Series. They do promos. Yes. But yeah, so let's just make the show weaker. Um, we promised Jake and Macho Man at Tuesday in Texas. At this point, though, Tuesday in Texas is just a card, right? There's nothing to it. Um, it's yeah. just when they're going to wrestle. So if you're in San Antonio, yeah. you're excited. So yes. we have Bobby Heenan with Gorilla. And uh, they mention Tuesday in Texas again. And Gorilla says Hogan is taking on The Undertaker in his greatest challenge. And Heenan clarifies it is the gravest challenge. <laughs> Because the Undertaker is an Undertaker. So he yes. deals with graves. And that is the tagline to the show leading up for months. So so Gorilla botched it right out of the gate. Uh, so we have match one. Uh, your, uh, the match you love, Stu, right? Uh, I really enjoyed this one, yes. Yeah, so we have Ted DiBiase, uh, the Mountie, the Warlord, and Ric Flair. Against Bret Hart, Virgil, British Bulldog, and Rowdy Roddy Piper. Uh, so I you know. remember being very excited about this team leading up to the uh, to the pay per view, the, the the face team because they had the Intercontinental Champion and at the time when I was excited, the Million Dollar Champion. That belt that meant nothing. But I thought I thought <laughs> it meant something. Yes. 
So Virgil, he's going to be a big star. But, I told Virgil he's going to be a big star. <laughs> Virgil, who before this match lost the belt back to DiBiase. Yes, so Rick Flair comes out with Mr. Perfect, who is wearing a full fluorescent orange tracksuit. <laughs> so uh, good. Uh, Flair has what they call the real world's title that they black out. It's actually a tag it, belt. It's clearly a tag belt. You can see the WWF logo on the side of it. Like, you know, so oh, yeah. in this case, they don't. So you're going to see a couple of uh, distortions of belts in this uh, show with Ric Flair. Yes. And and again, the story is that when he came over from WCW, he was still the world champion the company didn't want to give him his deposit back for the belt, so he just fucking brought it to WWF. Vince told them to. Yep. They put it on TV. Yep. They were threatened with a lawsuit. The belt ended up getting sent back, and Ric Flair paraded around with a tag belt, pretending it was the world championship, which they would yes. distort. They would have pixelation or just full censorship on the screen, so you couldn't the see the belt. The pixelation was clearly on the non-live shows. Yeah. And yeah. then, because they couldn't live pixelate, so on the live pay-per-view, they had to use the black dot. Yeah. The floating black dot that, that didn't cover <laughs> up everything. Yes. Because if you watch Superstars and you watch the, the thing from later on, the belt is distorted real nicely, and it's the, it's the, it's the, it's the NWA World Heavyweight title. Like, you can, you can tell it's the real belt but from that Superstars, but, you know, later on, once they sent it back, they, you know, it wasn't, they didn't get the pixelation quite right. Or the black dot, I mean. So, yeah, it looks hilarious. Yeah, so he's got this tag belt. Uh, Gorilla explains the rules of Survivor Series. Uh, four on four, you can get eliminated through any means, pinfall, submission, mm -hmm. count out. Last team with, uh, once a team is fully eliminated, whoever's left on the other team wins. Uh, what do there they win? Go. Nothing. I mean, money, <laughs> we would assume. But You assume there's a purse. You know, nowadays it's brand supremacy. <laughs> 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 so you know so uh piper wants another thing that's so survivor series is kind of this um this pay-per-view where you can kind of get a lot of feuds uh going in the same match yes uh so you're running a lot of angles so in this case Flair and Piper are in an angle. Bulldog and Warlord are in a year-long angle. Virgil and DiBiase are in an angle. And uh, the Mountie and Bret Hart are, are in an angle. So we've got the, yes. all these pairings. So Piper wants Flair to start, but uh, DiBiase starts instead. Uh, but then Flair comes in and knees him from behind to get the match started. Piper still awesome. gets the advantage. Uh, Sherry, at one point, who is with Ted DiBiase, uh, yes. comes into the ring Puts his sleeper on Piper in front of the ref. In fact, the referee <laughs> administers a count. It's like yeah. <laughs> to the interference. <laughs> so good. Uh, Piper does a spot that wouldn't fly in wrestling these days, where he all forces yeah. a kiss on her. Yeah, he forces himself on Sherry. Poor Sherry. Yeah, uh, he works over Diviasi. Uh, oh, hold on, boys! Except we saw exact same spot in February at the AEW show where Dustin did it too. I know. Oh, I know. Dustin, man. Yeah. Like only Dustin would do that spot, right? Like he's like the last like Attitude Era guy. Yep. He's the grandfathered in, still wears number forty-two in baseball guy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> One right. anymore. It's crazy. Like I, I, you know, we never talked about that because we barely did shows this year, but. I, when I saw that, I was like, what the fuck is he doing? I was shocked that it was like, like 
shocked that they would do it and actually as a man shocked that it was like this doesn't feel good i don't like that was hager's wife right yes yes yeah yeah so uh the face that was on pay-per-view you guys were there yes yeah we talked about it we talked about it in our review of the show yeah yes we did talk about it all right all right sorry Uh, the faces tag each other in and out quickly and work over dibiase including piper comes in and does this like ridiculous running flying fist drop <laughs> all like, the most awkward looking dude in this ring. Yeah. And that includes the warlord. Uh, he's all gangly and like flopping around. He's Piper is hilarious when he like tries to do wrestling moves. Uh DiBiase and Hart do a nice sequence of pinning attempts. Uh yeah. <laughs> Heenan is talking about the Macho Man and he says things are gonna get bad at the Macho household because now that <laughs> Macho is reinstated, who will do the dishes? Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, Flair tags in and they're working him uh, Faces are working him over They finally tag Piper in And uh, the crowd goes crazy for this But Flair tags out to the Warlord Uh, Yeah, the Piper-Flair feud was great uh, We get uh, Bulldog in against the Warlord Heenan calls Bulldog the Limey (laughs) 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 Sorry, Stu Dude, what kind of reaction would that get from you guys? Ten-year-old me was like Oh you fucking wanker. How dare yes. you? Yeah, now I'm just like, ah, that's all right. I think that uh, British people can handle getting a little bit of grief in the uh, media compared to what uh, comes later with the Tito Santana stuff. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> yep. Uh, so we go back to Harden DiBiase. Eventually, eventually the uh, Bulldog gets his big power slam on the Mountie, but Flair... Drills him from behind when there's chaos in the ring and gets the pin. So, Bulldog, the first one out. Stu, how upset were you? Well, as a young lad, very upset. As a grown-ass man watching it back, I'm like, could they not have hit him with a finisher? He's like, yep. yeah, let's by some weird flair, falling off the top rope. I don't know. I don't know what it was like a sort of open hand slap fall. <laughs> Survivor yes. Series is this magical pay per view where wrestlers can get pinned by not finishers. That's true. They all yeah. get rolled up on the regular. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or like he had a clothesline and he's out. Yeah. Uh, Heenan is very happy. Uh, Piper then puts the figure four onto Flair, and the heels eventually. Uh, get the heat on Piper, but Piper gets the tag to Virgil while he's in a Boston Crab. Yeah. Uh, we get Flair and Virgil. Flair sells for Verge. Yeah, he sure does. Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> Flair just gives to everybody. Yes. Uh, eventually, the Wardlord is in. He's got the full Nelson on Virgin, and we have another big melee, and Brett drills the Warlord from behind, and Piper gets the pin with no tag. Um, <laughs> but they give him the they give him the pin anyway. So the heels cheated, and now the baby faces cheated to get them back. As it's the, just chaotic. As the heels are protesting to the ref, Brett tries to roll up DiBiase. Uh, doesn't work. Is that that roll up by uh, Brett? Is that where DiBiase's ass is pixelated? Oh, I didn't even notice. Oh, I didn't notice that. Way down. Oh. oh wow. Well, we didn't see his rump, his million dollar <laughs> booty. <laughs> Uh, so the heels work over Virgil for a long time, but then Virgil uh, hits a net breaker on DiBiase, and there is a hot tag to Piper, and then there's a big brawl in a melee, and who wants to describe how this fucking match ends? Stu, tell us what happens. 
Ding, ding, ding. It's a disqualification to everybody except Flair, who apparently wasn't involved, except he clearly was. Yeah, right. Everybody who was outside of the ring, I think, was. The... That's right. That was their explanation for it. Except like, Ric Flair. Well, yeah, you know what? Like, okay, this match, too many rest holds. Yeah. For, you know, like you got, you got, you got a, a few like world class wrestlers here. There's, there's no reason this had to be as shitty as it was. This went for 22 minutes and 48 seconds. Ric Flair is a sole survivor because he was in a brawl in the ring and then fell out, and then the referee called for the bell. Uh, that, 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 yeah, that's it. And, of course, there's kind of this poor explanation by uh, Finkel. He's just like, the referee has disqualified both teams except for one guy, Ric Flair. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um... So Meltzer gave this two and a half stars and said action was very good, but finish takes it down a full star as it was one of the worst finishes in recent memory. Uh, I yeah. gave it two. Yeah, I concur. Two. In 1991, I would have given this five stars. Now I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, Heenan is cheering and clapping and Monsoon is very angry because Heenan, of course, loves Ric Flair. And oh, then this is his executive consultant, uh, he or is that, or is he exe- No, he's the money financial advisor. Yeah, financial advisor. There you go. Uh, he that's has a phone at the Perfect. announce table, and he calls Mister Perfect, and he's talking to him on the phone. <laughs> uh, it's so good. I mean, you know, I've always kind of, I feel like I sleep on uh, Bobby Heenan a lot, like when I'm thinking about announcers. But uh, he was in fine form on this evening. He was doing pretty good. I mean, some of the jokes fall flat, but when do when do they not? Yeah, I, well, it's a little too many set-up punchline jokes, but it's all the other things. When, yeah. when, it, when, when painting around the edges, it's it's quite good. Uh, me and Gene is out there in the arena. He welcomes the Macho Man for an interview. Uh, he says that 97% of phone calls came in wanting him to be reinstated. I'm sure that they mined these callers for information so they could like get their address and name and all that shit. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, Bruce Richard on his on that podcast that I don't even know if he, they still do it, but I mean, they said any of those things that they did were just to get addresses for their catalogs. <laughs> yes, when they, when they had people write send, in, like send a send a card to Hulk Hogan to get well, get a bunch of addresses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gene describes what the snake did, and as Gene is describing it, Macho Man is just looking at the crowd, just turning yep. his head around, like. And then he says he was delirious, but he could hear Elizabeth crying. That's that. That was the worst part. And he yeah. says, he says that Tuesday in Texas, the madness will be all over Jake, like melting butter. Butter. Yeah. <laughs> and the crowd fucking pops for that. It's great. Uh, Gene asks what Elizabeth thinks, and Macho says he can ask uh, her himself because they introduce her and she comes out. And she does come out, and her promo is a dud, as usual. (laughs) Uh, She does thank the crowd and Jack Tunney, and she says that she'll be in Texas. So, that's cool. Yeah, there we go. And she gives a horribly lackluster, ooh, yeah. Oh, God. She didn't say it right. She's like, Macho Man clearly says, ooh, yeah. And she's like, oh, yeah. It's like, that's not what he says. Exactly. 
Uh, Monsoon tells uh, Heenan that WWF officials are now working on possible television coverage of Tuesday in Texas. So, <laughs> oh yes, oh, so the That's wheels like, are turning. They, they work as fast as Tony Khan does to set up matches on Dynamite. Yes, <laughs> it's like an angle happens. Ten seconds later, Tony Khan signed the match. Yeah. <laughs> so, in the what what has to be the biggest drop off in talent between Survivor Series matches, oh we <laughs> we go from the first match to this lineup for match yeah. two. Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah, drop off in talent and in appendages. <laughs> Look at you. It's all one lower. Because <laughs> the Texas tornado only has one foot. Come yeah. on. <laughs> one foot. One, one foot. foot. Uh, so it's Sergeant Slaughter, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, uh, Tito Santana, the Ma- El Matador at this point in time, yes. and Kerry Von Erich against. So it's the Iron Sheik as Colonel Mustafa. And they yep. don't even mention like it's. I, I I find it so funny how during all these times they never acknowledge that he's the Iron Sheik. No, he's just supposed to be a different dude altogether. Uh, the, <laughs> the Berserker, Hercules Hernandez, and Skinner. Uh, the alligator Man. Heenan asks if Tito is carrying a hat or a Chihuahua. Big <laughs> uh, God. Slaughter. Uh, first thing I want to say, if I can cut in, is that the El Matador, that gimmick stunk. But that fucking music, boys. That music was tremendous. Awesome. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, Slaughter comes out carrying the U.S. flag, and he's a babyface again. Because in the states, all you have to do is wave the flag for those simple fans. They're like, he's <laughs> my my side again. So. I want my country back. Uh, <laughs> Monsoon awesome. notes that Tito and Kerry Von Erich are former Intercontinental champions, and Slaughter is a former World Champ. No mention that the Iron Sheik is also a former world champ. Nope. Um, I then wrote this match is terrible. Uh, yep. Slaughter eliminates Iron Sheik very quickly. Uh, there's just a mess oh, yeah. of brawling uh, while Von Erich is in the ring. Uh, at one point, Kerry Von Erich tags Tito, who is standing like in the middle of the apron. Like, yeah, there's a lot of like uh, apron shit going on in this match. Like the dude isn't. Like, I get that when you have four men, you can't all be, like, at the tag rope. But he's, like, right in the middle of the apron and gets the tag. Referee yeah. doesn't care. Tito pins nope. Hercules with the flying forearm, uh, even though Skinner basically breaks up the pin. I guess he's <laughs> yes. fucked up. Uh, Skinner gets rolled up by Slaughter for the pin. Berserker gets rammed into the turnbuckle with no padding a bunch of times. And then Hacksaw yep. clotheslines him for the pin, and that's the end of the match. Thank God. That was so bad. Uh, I mean, I like seeing the Berserker because uh, that's always a treat. We, we <laughs> have big fur boots. We have 14 minutes and 18 seconds for that match. Meltzer gave it three or sorry. Uh, yeah. Three quarters of one star. I gave it a dud. Oh, yeah. That's a dud. Uh, anything nice. else? One score, five stars. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> yes. so this, this was just Gosh, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> yes. I mean, the idea here is that Slaughter's the big story here, that he's turned back to the good side, so they give him this big feel-good win over a bunch of nobodies before they turn him into, like, a jobber, basically. Oh, uh, yeah, that's what happened. Uh, me and Gene calls out Jake for an interview. And this fucking sweater, boys. Oh, my God. <laughs> First thing Jesus I wrote was, like, Jake is wearing a jumper that his nan knitted for him. 
Uh, it's just all like different shades of blue. Yeah. Uh, he's wearing also so loose fitting leather pants. Yes. And a ridiculously big earring. Uh, and Jake I like the line that's used a few times in this show where Jake says it doesn't matter that snakes can't come to ringside because he's the snake you should worry about that's right Uh, it's true Yeah. Uh, Jake makes sure to say the words Tuesday in Texas like five times Uh, Uh and then he says it won't be the beginning of the end but the end of the beginning (laughs) whatever that that means makes no sense uh, Gorilla now is confirming that the event will be a pay-per-view. Just like that. And uh, That's how quick it is to negotiate pay-per-view rights, boys. Yeah, and he's like, contact... About 30 minutes. Contact the cable company you're, you're with right now. And, uh... While you're watching this! Yes! Get on the phone! <laughs> That's fucking shameless, guys. I don't think I've ever seen call right now in the middle of this pay-per-view to order the next one. That's in six days. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they show a flashback of Hulk Hogan. He is on the funeral parlor, which is one of these talk segments they used to have, and uh, it is hosted by Paul Bearer. Which, yes, I I mean I remember watching it, but even even though I remember it, like looking back, I can't believe it. Like, can you imagine this talking segment? Where it's like, oh, here comes my guest. Oh, like. <laughs> I remember this segment like exactly like I remember I remember watching this because I watched Superstars or whatever the fuck was on you know whatever it was called WWF Cavalcade or Maple Leaf Wrestling and uh, and they would have these clips I watched these all the time this and the Warrior in the casket yep hey listen the funeral parlor was where shit happened uh, so Hogan's on the funeral parlor Ric Flair comes out to confront him for a match they aren't having. Uh, yes. He shows the real belt. So this is where it's the real belt. We have terrible yep. pixelation. You can tell it's the WCW title. Yes, um, but I like awesome. the pixelation. It's, yeah. it's, it's, the pixelation, it's an effort. Like, I love the pixelation because it makes it look like they're comparing dicks. Yes. <laughs> look at this belt, like, brother. <laughs> look at mine, brother. <laughs> I love that how Ric Flair calls Hogan big man all the time. It's so good. <laughs> Let me uh, tell you something, big man. <laughs> Hogan starts to cut a promo uh, back at Flair, but The Undertaker uh, comes out of a coffin behind Hogan. Yes. Uh, yep. He nails Hulk Hogan, and the two of them beat on Hogs until Piper and Macho come running in. They're both at commentary. Uh, they yes. come running in making the save. They both have chairs. Uh, Flair, yep. of course, sells the chair, but Taker doesn't sell any of the chairs. No. He just swats them. And then, Not at all. in a great spot, Hogan's on the ground. Undertaker reaches down and pulls the cross necklace off Hogan. But then he looks yes. at the it, it all. Y'all, it like it's repugnant to him. Yes, <laughs> that's so good. He, he he's a, it's an undead zombie. Yeah, so he looks at the he cross and just drops work it. In funeral. Yes, he's dead himself. Uh, um, uh, I like the I liked the um, I like these superstars clips because they're great, and I like that. That on the you know the taping they had to have Vince and Piper and Macho at the desk to 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 do the angle. Yeah, because usually they're just green screen and then and then voiceover. So that that's always a nice touch. Uh, so we get match three. It's Hulk Hogan against the Undertaker in the gravest yes. challenge WWF Championship match. And this yes. match stinks. It's bad. <laughs> um, we've got the Undertaker 
in his very early days where, I mean, The Undertaker couldn't really work for like, like fucking 10 years. Like, let's be honest. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, so we get a lot of choking and punching to start. Um, there was a casket at ringside. With Hulk with Hulk Hogan on it and with his with Hulk whatever Hulkamania on it. Yeah, Hulk Hogan did overturn the casket. Ah, yes. Symbolically. Um, during the match, uh Paul Bearer chokes Hogan at one point, and then he looks at the camera and goes, Rest in peace, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh. uh, there's a, there's a lot of choking in this match. Uh, Monsoon is very upset and says that Bearer is a piece of garbage. Uh, Undertaker so misses an elbow and Hogan makes a comeback, but he can't knock Taker down. Uh, he clotheslines Taker to the outside and Taker lands on his feet as usual. And then they brawl on the floor. Taker chokes Hogan with a mic cord. Uh, Bearer, Paul yeah. Bearer keeps choking Hulk Hogan and Bobby Heenan claims that his monitor is going out. <laughs> it's like, I can't so see it. I don't know what happened. My monitor went out. He says it's kicking in and out, and Gorilla says he's going to kick uh, Heenan in and out if he doesn't uh, stop. Yes. So. Uh, Undertaker gets back in the ring, and he has, like, a face vice on Hogan. Like, oh, my God. For, like, two minutes. It's like two minutes, yeah. it's Oh, it's excruciating. The only thing that's oh. good is, as the crowd cheers for Hogan, Paul Bearer goes, no, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Hogan finally escapes the hold. Uh, he gives some shoulder blocks and gets clotheslined. It's the standard, right? Hogan makes these brief comebacks and can't knock the opponent down, and then eventually yeah. he'll make the big comeback. Yes. Right? Um, so Undertaker gives Hogan the tombstone. Yes. And then he turns his back to Hogan. Hogan gets up and no-sells it, <laughs> to which Paul Bearer... <laughs> A mega mix, you'll understand this. Sells it like Ali O'Gratton. He's yes. looking at the ring, like the hands on the head. Yeah, he's like, oh, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. Hogan hulks up. He punches Undertaker. Taker goes down to one knee. He slams Taker, and Flair comes down to ringside. Uh, yes. I believe then there is a botch here because uh, Hogan goes for the leg drop, but Bearer doesn't grab him. But Hogan stops and like gets I distracted. Know, it's, it's it's super funny. Uh, Flair is out going to the corner to grab the a uh, chair. So Hogan, yes. you know, he's a pro. He's like, all right. So he gets out of the ring. He punches Flair. Gets back in the ring. Gives the big boot to Taker. Goes for the leg drop again. Now this time, he... So <laughs> Taker goes down. And then Hogan runs yeah. to the ropes that are, like, closest to Taker's head. It's, like, yes. not the ropes you'd go to for the leg drop. No. Uh, Bearer grabs his leg in front of the ref who does nothing. Yes. Uh, nope. He's distracted with Paul Bearer and Flair pit puts a chair in the ring and the Undertaker tombstones Hogan on it. The camera angle is very poor. It misses oh. by a mile. He doesn't They're, even come yeah, close. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the Undertaker pins Hulk Hogan. Yes. Uh, and so uh, it's, it's a big deal. Uh, it's a big deal. Uh, in this case, uh, this match was... Where is the time here? Uh, 12.45. 12.40, yeah. Uh, so uh, Meltzer gave it a half star. Yeah, I'll concur. Yeah, uh, I think I gave it... I don't even know what I gave it. A dud, I think? Yeah, it's, it's, it's just... it's The spectacle gives it a half star. Stu, what do you think? 1991, five stars. Now, <laughs> two. I give it two because it's... 
relatively short and it's entertaining despite its utter utter shitness. <laughs> there you go. This... Like in my notes, I just put like Taker's offense consists of a variety of theatrical rest holds. That's pretty much he does rest holds and pulls a face a lot. And I remember There's... like yeah, my dad. I remember this is like. One of the most vivid things I remember about watching this was when my dad taking the piss at the Undertaker making funny faces, and then uh, also taking the piss at the fact that they were nowhere near the chair, repeatedly winding it on VHS and being like, "Look, you can pause it. That man's nowhere near that bloody chair." Ah, <laughs> uh, dad! Oh my god! He's like, uh, I liked. I did like. There's one moment where Taker misses the elbow drop. And then immediately sits up. That looked pretty cool. <laughs> um, other than that, though, I mean, look, the big man, the big man could do some some flying clotheslines like no one else. I mean, he had yeah. some of that going. But uh, oh my god, it's it's a it's a it's not even a clash of styles. It's just a clash. It's just it just didn't work. These two. Uh, they give Undertaker the belt. Monsoon is pissed. He says it took three guys to beat him. Heenan says Hulkamania is dead. We yes. then get officials checking on Hogan, and this is lovely. Monsoon speculates that Hogan may have a broken neck, so they immediately start talking about a Detroit Lions player who got legitimately paralyzed. <laughs> oh my god. Heenan goes as far as to say that they can wheel a bed in for Hogan in the same hospital room. Oh <laughs> as like god. a dude who like legitimately got paralyzed. Yes. Uh, and then they show some very sad kids in the crowd. Yep. Um, Undertaker, 25 years old when he won this title. Jesus. Wow. Uh, Hogan ends up walking out, and there is a mixed reaction from the crowd. Yep, uh, clearly. Meltzer said that there were a couple of pro Undertaker signs in the front row that were that were uh, confiscated, confiscated before. Yeah, before Good. the show. So, uh, you know what? The luster is is starting to is starting to uh, rub off the luster. Yes, <laughs> Lust Hogan is losing his luster. Uh, me and Gene is backstage. He is pissed, and he can't believe the Undertaker is the champ. So, <laughs> we get Roddy Piper to cut a promo for some reason. Yep. Uh, he says, Taker is an Adams Family reject and says Hogan is running around calling for Tunny, which that's footage I want to be seeing. Like, yes, Tunny! That's exactly it. Uh, Hogan's running around calling for Tunny. I love it. Uh, Piper says, Flair helping Taker become champ is like David Duke becoming president. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I guess. Remember Roddy Piper, who a year and a half before this was doing blackface at WrestleMania six. So, yep. Anyways, so then we have Sean Mooney in the locker room with Ric Flair and Mister Perfect. Flair says yes. that there are <laughs> babies with tears in their eyes. It's so good. And mothers looking at their fathers, <laughs> wondering what's next. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, he claims. So now he claims that there's just one world heavyweight champ and it's him. And I was like, what about The Undertaker? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, he says, no more Hollywood, no more, no more limos, no more kids running wild. And he tells Tunny that when you distort the real world title, people pay the price. <laughs> I love it. I fucking love it. I don't even care how nonsensical some of it was. Uh, so they fade out. And then they fade back in. So I guess there was an intermission here. Uh, we come back from intermission. We have Gene Okerlund, and he gives the news again in case you just tuned in to the show you paid for halfway yes. through. And he's like, The Undertaker's the champ. 
And then he interviews IRS and the Natural Disasters uh, about their match later on in the show. Earthquake talks about aftershocks, and IRS says Jack Tunney will be audited. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, Mooney interviews LOD and the big boss man. They all yell a whole bunch, but boss man makes sure to clarify that he is not a tax cheat. <laughs> um, and Hawk, who's supposed to be like this big tough talker, is like, they're going to be reduced like a big pile of stinky, sweaty sweat socks. <laughs> like, all right. Well, that's, but that's WWFI's Road Warriors. Oh. It's so gross. Uh, we get Gene with Jack Tunney. Yes, Jack Tunney. Uh, G- <laughs> Tunney Maybe. says, Jack Tunney says the ref's decision in the title match is final. And Mean Gene sells it. He's like, oh. Oh, we can't believe it. Uh, Tunney says there will be a rematch this Tuesday in Texas. And Jack Tunney will be at ringside. Yeah. Stu, did you get Tuesday in Texas for free? I don't think so. I think Tuesday in Texas was this thing that I, like, I didn't actually see until I was probably into my 20s. Mm. So so you had, you had recorded the Survivor Series and you watched it afterwards. Is that correct? Yes, we would have. Like, I don't know when it was broadcast in the UK, but we okay. watched it a few days after it was broadcast. We'd like videoed it on. Okay. Uh, you're probably talking like a good sort of week to ten days after the event actually happened yeah. before we saw it. So you'd but, be watching this, and you'd have no idea that this Tuesday in Texas already happened. No, I mean and the title's I mean, vacant. Being ten, I figured it just meant this Tuesday in Texas, which was probably a week late. Yes. Okay. No. No. I just. I, I'm like. I'm getting a feel for it. So, my, like, my timeline with WWF around here goes from like Survivor Series to like not knowing what the fuck happened with Tuesday in Texas to suddenly Royal Rumble, and okay. the world's on the line in the Rumble. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I was. Uh, you know, when 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 I watched it, I mean, I didn't watch the pay per view live, obviously, and you know, you just found out the next weekend, and it was like, okay, well, he's not. Undertaker's the champ, and they're fighting again. Yeah. And then you wait another week, and it's like, oh, now there's no champ. Okay. I have to note that our uh, our captioning uh, said that Stu called Tuesday in Texas choosing taxes. So <laughs> you know. Perfect. Uh, so Monsoon is excited that this title match is happening. He also pushes the Macho Man and Jake the Snake match. Heenan says yeah. it isn't fair. And then we basically go like there's more show. We've done the title match. Everyone's sad. Uh yeah. and now it's just like some Let's crap. Have a few more Let's just fill the card, right? Yep. So we get the Beverly Brothers and Nasty Boys against the Bushwhackers and the Rockers. Uh as the match is starting, Monsoon and Heenan are still talking about the title match. Yes. Uh the Bushwhackers are just in the ring double teaming everyone. The ref doesn't give a shit. Uh, nope. Luke eventually gets distracted and one of the nasty boys hits him with like the sloppiest middle rope clothesline. Oh, it's so bad. Off the middle ropes too. It's just ugh, disgusting. Yeah, he gets uh, pins him. Marty gets worked over for a while and then when he hot tags Butch the crowd does not care. Oh, uh, the, the Bushwhackers are a lot less over than they were even a year earlier. Yeah. Uh, Butch eventually gets some sort of double team move from the Beverly Brothers and gets pinned. So now it's four on two. Yeah. 
double double flapjack. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, Michaels gets worked over by Bo Beverly, but then catches him with a backslide for the pin. So yep. one of the Beverly brothers is eliminated. Uh, Heenan says that he's going to be celebrating Ric Flair's big night with a turkey dinner in Beverly Hills, and he's only charging $8 a head. <laughs> nice. Uh, Michaels gets worked over again. Uh, at one point, he has a chance to make the tag, but he doesn't. He instead gives this great flying clothesline to one of the nasty boys on the outside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The next time he gets to make the hot tag, Gorilla is all over him. He's like, why isn't he making the tag? Like... Well, They're I think, really pushing a heel turn, but it's not really working. Yeah, so he makes the tag to Janetti. Janetti uh, then gets worked over for a while. He hot tags Michaels. They double team the heels until Janetti goes for a slam with one of the nasty boys, but he uh-huh. swings his feet into Shawn Michaels, who then gets rolled up for the pin. Clearly yep. gets rolled up. One, two, three. Yep. Uh, Michaels is pissed at Janetti. Uh, they argue. This is the start of the angle with the rockers breaking up. Yes, Marty's like shrugging. It's, 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 it's altogether strange. Uh, Bobby Heenan says that this has been uh, this has been written about in WWF magazine. Uh, That's right. Can read an article with the rockers splitting up. Yeah, so he's pushing this WWF magazine article, uh, and uh, Michaels leaves, and at this point. Monsoon and Heenan say that Michaels has just walked out on the match. It's just utterly ridiculous. And like the dude was pinned. He was pinned and he's left. But they talk that he's walked out on his partner. Gennetti makes a bit of a comeback, but then he gets pinned. He he does a small package on a nasty boy. The other nasty boy reverses it behind the ref's back. Gennetti's shoulder is clearly up. I think he's holding the rope. The ref counts the pin anyways. Like, it's just anything. It's just, like, so badly, poorly planned. Yeah. Uh, So uh, Meltzer loved this one. He gave it three and a half stars. Jesus. Uh, It's a two-star just because of the Rockers. Lasted 23.04. I gave it a star. Stu? 1991, I gave this, like, two stars. This was very interesting. Nice. (laughs) 1991, I was so now distraught by the fact that Hogan was dead, apparently, that I didn't really care about this. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Like, they um, should have just stopped the show. 2020 me gives this one star for the Rockers being in it and existing. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I say they stopped the show because Hogan is dead, but we know the WWF doesn't stop shows when people die. So Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, yes. So Monsoon and Heenan, after the match, continue to go on about Shawn Michaels walking out, which is strange. Like, because Vince is in the back, right? On the earpiece. Yeah. You'd think yep. he'd be like, why don't you clarify that the dude was pinned? But they don't. Yeah, uh, maybe, he's tell- maybe he's the one that's telling them that Michaels walked yeah. out on the match. Uh, Heenan says Monsoon needed to read the- or needs to read WWF magazine. He says Monsoon is too busy reading girly magazines. <laughs> uh, Monsoon pushes Tuesday in Texas again Again And then we get to our final match It's three on three The Natural Disasters and IRS Against Legion of Doom and Big Boss Man What a letdown main event too, right? Like, oh my god <laughs> um, IRS says that he sees All the tax cheats showed up tonight And the opponents are also Tax cheats and they're going to pay Worst fucking gimmick It's uh, just so bad 
Uh, Heenan says the thing he likes the most about Detroit is that it has an airport and he can leave. Uh, <laughs> That's good. Boss man starts with IRS and fucking boss man, man. This guy's flying around the ring. He's slick for that first like minute or two. Yeah. High <laughs> high pace going on. He's sliding in and out of the ring. He's fucking hitting the ropes. Like, dude is amazing, yeah. right? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Should note the entire babyface team is dead. Finkel is dead. I forget who the referee was. I thought it might have been Morella. If it was, he's dead. Um yeah. the two commentators are dead. Earthquake is dead. Like yeah, there's a lot of yeah. Uh, Animal and Earthquake have the big man battle. The big man. Yeah. The big man. Uh, Monsoon says that he has uh, received a note that Sean Mooney is standing by with Hulk Hogan. So stick around. <laughs> stick around. We're definitely hearing from the Hulkster at the end of the show, right? Keep your eye. You've already paid, but stick around. Yeah. The baby faces double team Typhoon in their corner behind the ref's back. And then they just let him to crawl across the ring to tag Earthquake. Like... That's weird. Uh, there's a distraction, and IRS is in the ring with the big boss man. IRS drills boss man with the briefcase, which we speculate is loaded. Yeah, he gets the pin. There are more. Like, can we have some clean finishes? This is the one thing that fucking bothers me about WWF in this time. Just no clean finishes anywhere. Awful. Like protecting the boss man. Mm-hmm. Um. We get more plugs for Tuesday in Texas while Animal is getting worked over. Hot tag to Hawk who runs wild. Then IRS tries to drill Hawk with the briefcase while Typhoon is holding him, but Hawk ducks. Typhoon yep. gets nailed with the briefcase and he is pinned. The Earthquake is pissed off at IRS and him and Typhoon, they leave. You know, like again, gotta protect Foon. <laughs> And we got to protect IRS. It's like, so we're leaving yep. IRS there. Two on one advantage baby faces, like the tag team champs. Yep. Uh, then IRS is getting beaten on. He decides he's just going to walk out of the match. But of course, boss man comes down the aisle. Yes. Keep in mind, they just, no managers allowed at ringside. When you get eliminated, you have to leave the ringside area. Boss man, just welcome back to ringside. Fuck it. Who cares? Um, IRS. Uh, he's a former correctional officer. <laughs> IRS. I love. I love my favorite about the boss man. <laughs> he's such an excited cop that likes beating up people. Yes. It's like yes. a great gimmick. It's perfect. It's so good. Yeah. Um, IRS doesn't uh, end up taking the doomsday device. I'm sure he was like, I'm not taking that fucking move. <laughs> okay. Probably not. Yeah. So Hawk just gives him a clothesline off the top rope for the pin. It's so bad. And that's the end of the match. I gave you can't, it. You can't give, like, it's all the one guy who can take it. And yeah. it's all the one move people want to see. Nope. Nope. Main event. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Just a clothesline. Uh, we have 15 21 for this match. Uh, Meltzer gave it two stars. I gave it two stars. I'll give it one and a half. Uh, 1991 May gave this five stars. I loved LOD. Uh huh. Yes. Uh, watching it back, it's like. I, I give it two stars because it's got a lot of energy for a bunch yeah. of big dudes. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of beef in that ring, boys. Oh, your also, dad must have loved this. My dad, yeah. I, again, this is one of the sort of vivid things I remember is me dad being like, oh, they're big lads, aren't they? Those yeah, two. big big fat guys in singlets, eh? He's going to slap tits. That looks like fun. <laughs> <laughs> this um, is also... 
the first ex- example I can remember of cheating heels to get a pin when uh, IRS nails boss man with the uh, briefcase. So I think this is, you know, a, a certain section of my life where my innocence was destroyed as a 10-year-old and I realized that cheating does prosper. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so then the promised interview with Hulk Hogan doesn't happen. No. <laughs> Just me. Sean Mooney's in the locker room and he's like, well... I just left Hogan's dressing room, and he doesn't want to do a promo. <laughs> but he says we're he's ready for Tuesday in Texas, and they push Tuesday in Texas again. Um, but you know who we have found? The Undertaker. Yeah. Yes. In the loading dock. Yep. <laughs> Gene's like, where are we? There's smoke everywhere. <laughs> They're in the fucking loading dock. There are torches burning. It's ridiculous. Paul Bearer says Hulkamania died, and they're going to eviscerate him. Uh, Even though he's, uh, yeah, that's right. Because, yeah, yeah, I get it. And then The Undertaker tells Gene Okerlund to look into the coffin so that they can see what happened to Hulkamania. So they open the coffin, and then you get the view from in the coffin. So that you get the view of the camera pointing out of the coffin as they look in it. Gene sells that he sees something. He's like so shocked. But like, what is it that he could have seen? Hogan was in his locker room. Yeah. <laughs> so fucking weird. He never got, he didn't get stuffed in a coffin. Whoever wrote this segment, idiots. Yeah. So we have no idea what he saw. It's just a mystery. Tarantino stole that for Pulp Fiction, that whole eerie light in a... Yes. Yes. It's a MacGuffin. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And then, uh, yeah, Tuesday in Texas, show ends. Oh, my God. Tuesday in Texas, Tuesday in Texas. Yeah, exactly. So we push this Tuesday in Texas, which we should review at some point. Um, yes, Bret Hart versus the Alligator Man. Oh, yes, it's quite the show. Uh, <laughs> on the Wrestling Observer ma- um, magazine issue for, that was uh, covering this, yeah. uh, they gave uh, they had about 350 people kind of call in and give a rating. Uh-huh. Uh, we had thumbs up uh, 10%, thumbs <laughs> in the middle 2%, thumbs down 88%. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> of the show. Really I, here's what I want to know. Back then, if you're a Wrestling Observer subscriber, why are you watching Survivor Series 91? Like, why would you pay for that? You know what you're going to get. Yep. Yeah, it's true. It makes no sense to me. Uh, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Meltzer also noted again, although there was a big baby face pop when Undertaker won the title, the live crowd was dead for the rest of the show, and there were a few people crying at ringside. I love it. <laughs> Pay for a I wrestling show and end up crying. Like, yeah. <laughs> what a product, you know? Fucking so good. Love wrestling so much. Anyway, Survivor Series 91. Uh, thoughts, boys? Stu, let's hear. What do you have to say? It's not aged well. No. A lot, a lot like myself. It's uh, definitely looked a lot better in 91 than it did now. Yes. And the the thing that we didn't uh, really touch much on the kind of probably out of all of this, the thing that was shocking for me was the amount of fucking jalapeno and guacamole jokes that Heenan makes about Tito Santana. (laughs) It's pretty bad. Non-stop. It's just allowed to like be racially insensitive because he's Mexican. Well, it almost feels like it's like he's a stand-in for, you know, all the other things they want to say that they're not allowed to say, like if Virgil's in the ring. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Like, I really get that feeling. I get that feeling. I, you know, like 
poor Tito took a lot of abuse from the heel announcers. Yep. Over the years. So, anyway. Classic wrestling. Uh, so, I don't think it's going to be long until we're back again. And uh, I think no. we got another show lined up. Which show is it going to be? Hopefully, Mega Mix that you chose. Well, I, th- I thought we were going to do In Your House 5. And so, if we still want to do a Christmas-themed show, we can. All right. So, uh, yeah, we'll, do the, we'll come back in, uh, in, in maybe a week. I don't know. I guess we'll see. All right. Well, we'll see. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely up for In Your House 5. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, and Stu gets to see his, his boy Davey again. Ooh. Yeah. But against, this time in a really good match. Against our boy Brett. <laughs> That's Ooh, right. Yeah. It's going to be us against Stu in this one. All right. Well, let's cover that one. Uh, we will be back at some point. Head to Mezzanine Sleepover on Twitter. And maybe we'll tell you, or maybe the show will just pop up if you actually subscribe oh, yeah. to this. Yeah, it'll, it'll pop up like The Undertaker. I'll probably throw in a couple of retro shows in between because I like filling up space. So yeah, keep your yeah, eye out for stuff. it. Uh, until then, I'm Slip with Five Eyes or Sleep. I'm at Megamix.com. I'm at DiscoStu81. All right, we will see you all when Thanks, we see everybody. you. Peace. Good night. Good night.